Welcome to Her Take, a podcast by three best friends sharing their take on just about anything. I'm Jen. I'm Kira. And I'm Jackie. Thanks for joining us. Let's get into it. Welcome back, Her Take fam. Just want to, before we get started, say thank you to all of our listeners for your support and for listening. As always, as you all know, this past week has been extremely stressful for all of us. It's definitely been an emotional roller coaster. Um, and we will, of course, be reflecting on the 2020 election this week during this episode. Um, But just given the craziness that has ensued this week, I just thought it'd be good to start off our episode with a nice collective deep breath before we dive in. One, two, three. I feel like Kira is better at this than I am. (laughs) Kira is like our yoga guru. Um, But yeah, it's been been a crazy week. Um, But before we dive into our election reflection, we're going to do our check-in. So I will turn it over to Jackie. Jackie, how has your week been minus election? Yeah. Hey, everyone. Uh, Well, I mean, it's been a good week. We'll talk about this a little bit, but my week was definitely consumed by all of the election stuff. Was not the most productive work week, um, which was a little challenging because I had all of these meetings going on. And I had two separate group chats with my friends, like with you guys and one of them. And then I had another group chat. And it was just like going off all week long and I couldn't keep up. Um, it was kind of funny. Um, but yeah, other than that, it was a good week. Um, we had The Bachelorette this week, which maybe we'll talk about later. It was a very exciting episode. I also did pick up... Um, I did the Sleepy Hollow Half Marathon last month, and um, they had us pick up. They're a nonprofit, so to save on like uh, mailing costs, they had us pick up our medals in Sleepy Hollow, and I went to go pick up my shirt and my medal, and it turns out that I came in first in my age group, so Yay! I was not going to do that. Thank you. I was really shocked, um, really honored. <laughs> Like, thank you all so much. Um, yeah, so I got a second medal, so I'm, like, really excited. Uh, my dad was, like, thoroughly impressed. He was like, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> I was like, girl. yeah, I run. Um, so, yeah, that was, that was exciting. That was pretty much it. Like, highlight, well, I, almost. It's like that was, like, well, election night or election Saturday was sort of the highlight of my week, but that was a, a close second. Um, so, yeah. Yay, we're so proud of you. You're our running queen. Yeah, good job. Thanks. Yay. I'm so proud of you. Thank you, everyone. I'm going to gloat a little bit, so I'm enjoying this. You're allowed to gloat. Um, yeah. Yes, girl. Anywho, Kira, how's your week been? Minus election. <laughs> I don't have much to report without the election, because similarly to Jackie, I... Didn't get much work done, which was also kind of bad. <laughs> Some of it was not my fault, and I was having a lot of uh, VPN connection issues, which is annoying at this stage of remote work. Um, but yeah, just kind of checking my phone way too much for no reason, because we weren't going to find out anytime soon anyway, so I should have just uh, chillaxed with that. Um, I made a soup. It was good soup. It's nice weather. What kind of soup? I think that's it. What kind of soup was it? A spicy tofu stew. It was good. Ooh. Wow. Spicy. Look at that. Mm. Nice. Hmm. Yes, girl. Thank you so much. Wow. Thank you. You guys had good weeks, minus the chaos. (laughs) I didn't have a good week, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I also did see my two friends from uh, school yesterday. Um. Lange and Zia. I forgot to, to mention that. I apologize. Oh yeah, your time was up. It was my time, but that's fine. Yeah, I'm so sorry. I just don't want to seem like a bad friend, and I was like, I didn't forget about you. I just, like, forgot to... I, I did sort of forget about you for a second. <laughs> that's so exciting, though. Yeah. We love them. They're also uh, big fans of the pod, so shout out they to truly them. They are. Yeah. Love it. Yay. 
Um, well, I guess I'll just transition to my check-in. Uh, I went on a hike yesterday. Yesterday was Saturday, so that was really nice. And I went with my friend who is way more in shape than I am. So she literally was like running up the mountain and I was going at a normal pace <laughs> or I thought was a normal pace. And you know, sometimes I had to take breaks and whatnot. Um, but yeah, it was good. And uh, my butt's a little sore, but that's mm. not a bad thing. Get that booty It's popping. a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. But it was really nice and it was really pretty. But because I went on Saturday, it was kind of crazy with the election stuff happening because I was getting the texts about the outcome and I was like in the car not really getting good service so I feel like when I got home then I caught up on everything um so kind of sad because I didn't feel like I could totally be a part of the excitement as it was happening but you know what my hike was really great got a nice workout in for my legs and my butt um and it was a beautiful day yesterday so not mad about it not mad about it at all but yeah other than that this week I've been experiencing a lot of anxiety, which is not a word that I use lately, but genuinely have been experiencing a lot of it. Um, you know, similar to last week, just feeling anxious about there was like this friend drama that I had, which feels so silly to have at 24, where I literally had to schedule a FaceTime between me and my two other friends um, to sort things out, which is ridiculous. So I had a lot of anxiety about that. Um, obviously, the election work has been crazy. Um, just seasonal depression looming in, all those things. COVID cases are rising. Uh, and Jackie and Kira know this, but I think the three of us were kind of worried earlier this week, which sounds crazy because it feels like so long ago that we were talking about this, but we were just kind of like getting worried earlier this week about our friend who is getting married. Like we're planning, um, a bridal shower and a bachelorette. So we're just getting nervous because COVID cases are rising. So, you know, just getting a little anxious about how that might affect some of the plans. So anyway, I'm just going to change my name to Jennifer Anxiety Tomney. Thank you very much. Uh, So yeah, it's been a little bit of a rough week on my mental health, but I'm feeling a lot better today, especially after the hike I went on yesterday and the election. So that's really it for me. Yeah. Well, I think we're all sort of feeling similarly. I think last night I had sort of a similar situation where I was driving when all of the results started coming in and my mom called me like screaming that she's like, you won Pennsylvania, we did it. Um, and so I couldn't, and I was just like doing stuff throughout the day and I just didn't have time to to sit and reflect and let all of the emotions sink in as to what this meant. And then like later last night, I, I, I sobbed hard many times um, before the speeches, during the speeches, after the speeches. It was a very emotional day. Um, I think there was just sort of a release of like all of the stress and the pressure that we all sort of felt throughout the week. Um, yeah. Because that was stressful, man. It was election night part five or something. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Yeah. Completely really. And, you know, why don't we just transition into our topic of the week, which is a nice little election reflection. We love a rhyme. Oh, I love that. Um, but, yeah, I, I think, Jackie, you started it off well saying that uh, – if you didn't hear, Joe Biden is the president-elect, which is so exciting for us. In case it wasn't obvious through all of our previous episodes, we are pretty liberal here on the Her Take Pod and hate Donald Trump. So this is definitely an exciting moment um, for the three of us and for more than half this country, which is super exciting. Um, But yeah, as Jackie said, I think Saturday when... Pennsylvania was announced that it went to Joe Biden. Um, I think just across the country, everybody was experiencing like this level of excitement and um, emotion, especially later in the evening. I think watching um, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris speak um, was really a a beautiful moment, especially with Kamala being the first female vice president and uh, the first woman who is African-American slash Southeast Asian being in this uh, 
being in this position, it just, I'm like even having a hard time now, like putting it into words without getting emotional because it's just such a beautiful moment and such a historical moment for our entire country and for young girls and women of color everywhere. Yeah, I feel much more relaxed. I don't think it's quite sunken in yet. I feel like I need to wait till like the inauguration (laughs) and then I'll be like, oh, it's legit, legit. Uh, Yeah. But uh, it definitely is, you know, I think the speeches last night, Joe Biden clearly showed he was the choice who will do his best to please as many different groups of people as he can. Um, And clearly the election has been kind of sad because clearly we are very much not on the same page as a country. Um, And it's hard to govern such a diverse country and such a broad spectrum of people. But I think Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are clearly the choice that are going to try their best to unite Um, And so hopefully in four years, we don't experience something this contentious again, uh, because, you know, it it was not, it was a rough, it was sad to watch, sad to, you know, both sides are so mean to each other. It's sad to see the past four years how, uh, and obviously we're part of that, but it's just sad to see how we treat each other and everybody's different perspectives of what this win means. Um, But I personally feel much more relaxed having someone who uh, will treat the role of president and the country with respect, and I don't have to be stressed about what he's tweeting and saying and uh, can be more relaxed on an international scale. So definitely a relief for us. (laughs) Yeah, relief is... I think one of the best words you can use. It's just, it feels like with Trump, every week is a shit show. And I'm just looking forward to every week not being a shit show. I hope we can talk about other things. Like, I hope we don't have to say Trump's name on this show that much anymore in the coming months. I'm sure he's going to do some crazy stuff these next few weeks and months, but maybe after that. Yeah, I mean, he's acting quite honestly delusional right now saying he should have won the election even with the no, way he's saying he yeah did he's saying win. he won yeah he's saying he did win it's he's literally delusional even if you count the votes as they were without counting the mail-in ballots or like not the mail-in ballots necessarily but without georgia flipping and pennsylvania flipping i mean biden still would have won i just he He's literally delusional. It drives me insane. I don't. Um, I, I would say I don't think it's delusion. I think he knows he lost, but he's he a sore loser. Is a narcissist yeah. and is an egomaniac, and he refuses to admit defeat and doesn't know how to admit defeat, even though he is um, proven himself to be like incapable and like, honestly, like a failure to this country. Um, I think that he's incapable of admitting any kind of defeat. And I don't think that we'll ever hear him admit that he lost. Mm. I think at some point, I, I hope just at some point, like, you know, he'll say, well, I'll I'll leave, but I still won. Right. right. Like, I, I don't think he'll, there will never be any kind of concession it will not be a peaceful it, exchange. No. I, uh, yeah. I don't have words to explain, like, how crazy it is. But, I mean, like, that just shows you, like, how... Yeah. I, it, I, it just shows you, like, how strong, like, American democracy is. Because, like, if it were, like, another country, like, I don't even know where. And, like, the president, like, refused to concede the election. There would be, like, widespread havoc. But I have, like, enough faith in, like the foundations of our democracy that like I know he'll be gone on January 20th um but you know if you are live somewhere else in the world um like that's like a very scary reality that I think a lot of people face and are currently facing where you have just elections that aren't um respected election outcomes so I you know, Donald Trump, even in defeat, continues to, you know, disgrace this country and continues to be, you know, a sore loser. Yeah. Um, 
And I just really want to thank, officially, Arizona has not been called by the New York Times and a couple of other outlets. I think like on Google, if you Google, if you look on Google election results, they have Arizona for Biden. There's so I guess my point is there's still some sort of like, I guess we'll like we have yet to see if he's like one Arizona, like overall, like n- not widespread, widespread media outlets have not all reported that he's one Arizona. But I think it's incredible that he is that Joe Biden is even competitive in Arizona. And I think ju- that just goes to show that Donald Trump has, you know, you know, the people of Arizona remember John McCain. And they do not take lightly the insults and the belittling that uh, that Donald Trump has done for the past five years against John McCain, even in death, mm-hmm. continue to call him a loser. And that just shows what a disgrace he has been to this country and and uh, just like continues to be like a sore loser. Even in death, he cannot help but insult this man who like I'm like I like if I could have voted in 2008 I wouldn't have voted for John McCain but you have to have a tremendous amount of respect for him and I just think it's like crazy I I can't even like put into words but I think um the United States the people of America and the people of the world all breathed a collective sigh of relief yesterday and it is very it was just wonderful to be able to celebrate and to have some joy in the outcome. And it was just like, I'm thinking like now, like my nieces and other young children uh, are going to grow up with me. a female. <laughs> I know they're going to grow up with a female vice president. And that's going to be, color, that's too, just like, wh- you know, that, and, and and, and that's just going to be like their reality, like it, in the way that I think like young kids that grew up, we were young when Obama was inaugurated, but like we were a little bit older. Mm-hmm. So it's not like our childhood was like all of Barack Obama's presidency. But like when you think about like young kids that aren't going to remember like a time like God bless like the kids that won't remember Donald Trump's presidency, mm. right? Because they were too young. But they're going to know Kamala Harris right. as the first female vice president and have that role model while they're growing up and 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 becoming more thoughtful uh, individuals. I think that's so amazing. And like, I just can't even put into words like how happy that makes me feel. And I'm just really happy that Maya Rudolph is also going to be able to play her yes. for many Yay. years to come. <laughs> So, the real important yeah. stuff behind the yeah. election. <laughs> they got the outfit. Have you guys seen the SNL cold open? They got her outfit like, from last really, night. Really, yeah. Very good. I was like, that's really fast because she was wearing like a silk. I wonder top if she told tie. I honestly, they would have been like, guys, the inside scoop. This is the look that I'm gonna. I think present. she would give that to Maya Rudolph. I think if Maya was I like, feel like hey, yeah. a nice Kamala. little tip. I wonder hey, if maybe Kamala, well, no, because Kamala, they didn't see anyone beforehand. Like, it's not like she was out and about in the outfit before. No. I was like, wow, that's like really, you guys are well good. <laughs> that Amazing. was my first thought when I saw the skit. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well said, Jackie, all of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I, I just want to add, I think um, I've been seeing a lot of this uh, discussion happening online and whatnot, and people are, in my opinion, very entitled to celebrate, but I think we also have to remember that this is not like a victory and we can continue to be complacent. Like Everything that we've been fighting for over the past four years needs to continue and that momentum needs to continue building. Um you know, as we sort of mentioned, I I have been having some bittersweet feelings throughout all this. I mean, yesterday when they announced that Joe Biden won officially, that, well, maybe not officially, but pretty officially, uh, that was definitely an exciting day for everybody. But I think throughout the week, I have just been feeling deeply disturbed by how close this election is, given that 200,000 deaths related to COVID, um, all the racism, bigotry, homophobia, transphobia has been going on for the past four years. Um, and it's still not considered a deal breaker for people. And they will still continue to vote for somebody like Donald Trump. I think that is really disturbing to me. And I think that um, in some ways, the Democratic Party needs to figure out ways to reach across the aisle. I think, you know, in some ways, 
Democrats, and we're, I think we're totally guilty of this too. We sit here and we label people who vote for Donald Trump and people who are conservatives, like they're just racist and bigots and stupid and et cetera. But I think there's some bigger underlying issues or causes for why people vote for someone like Donald Trump. Um, I think what continues to disturb me is that those things that I mentioned earlier are not deal breakers for people in the same way that it is. Uh, no brainer deal breaker for the the three of us on this podcast and for so much of America. So I feel like there's still a lot of work to do. Um, and not necessarily that those people need to become liberals, but I think we need to understand where they're coming from with some of the things that they care about and trying to find ways to reach across the aisle and get things done that everybody agrees upon. I think everybody agrees that the pandemic is terrible and um, Joe Biden has announced many, many times that his number one priority is getting uh, COVID under control. That to me is a bipartisan issue. Are there other issues that we can all find common ground on? Um, and that's something I'm excited to see in the future because our country has been so deeply polarized and divided over the past four years. And we know that Donald Trump enjoys that and takes um, takes pride in continuing to divide America and only work in favor of Republicans. Um, so I'm excited, hopeful, but also skeptical of how we figure out ways to unite the country over common issues that we all care about. Yeah, I think yeah. none of that other stuff surprises me, like the racism, bigotry, sexism, like that stuff. If COVID hadn't happened, I just thought COVID would have changed more people's minds, to be honest, because of how yeah. poorly that was handled and how many people's lives and family members were affected. But everything else, I mean, I think his fans have clearly shown that he can say whatever and they don't care. So, yeah, all that other stuff I'm not surprised about. But I did think COVID might have changed more people's minds. I mean, I fully expected it to be close, but the actuality of how close it was was hard to watch. Because you are like, yeah. okay, I know you guys really didn't agree, but... <laughs> He really can say all this and you guys are okay. Um, but yeah, I totally agree. I hope, I think it is a benefit that Biden has already been in the White House for eight years and kind of knows, well, you know, he's been a politician for even longer, but I feel like he knows what he has to do to kind of hit the ground running. So right. I hope he really does uh, stay true to what he said in his speech last night and try to provide a little ease and comfort. But I think that's why relief is the best way to describe how it feels, the election results. It's not necessarily like, woohoo, we win. It's like, a, okay, <laughs> we can kind yeah, of breathe yeah. a little better and move forward um, mm -hmm. a little more comfortably. Yeah. I think something that, you know, and I hope that... I think something that Donald Trump has done very well over the last few years, and you know, I don't know, I, I don't mean this to, you know, I'm frustrated with people for, for believing everything he says, but I also don't, I don't know, it's like not my place to like put fault or blame people, but I, I think he's just sowed so much distrust and doubt with uh, people that disagree with him. And I, I, I'm not saying that you have to agree with everything I say or, or, or Democrats or people on the opposite side of you say. And I don't think that you should just believe everything that a politician or whoever says. Just mm -hmm. like you're like skepticism is healthy. It's fine. It's but I, I think that that like we have so much work to do with just like uh, like having trying to like convince I don't know if it's like the best word I want to use right now but trying to like make people understand that you know like we don't have this like ulterior motive of like like trying to like destroy America like we want this country to be the best that it can be and I think that is like the challenge at hand that we have and I think it's like up to us at regular people as well as those in government to somehow repair that because I think that is the most well I won't say it's the most damaging and lasting effect because 
200,000 people have died from COVID, but it is like that is going to be a lasting effect that is going to exist for a very long time that has been um, created by this presidency. So I think, and I think Joe Biden did a good job last night. We're recording this on a Sunday of trying to begin to sort of remedy like the divide and the wounds that were left by this presidency. Um, I think that's going to be like one of the biggest challenges. Um, you know, I, I mean, like had Donald Trump won, I don't think I would be like, I don't think we'd be out there being like, oh, this election was rigged. Do you know what I mean? I like, was I don't, thinking that too. Sorry, I, don't, I got like, really excited I, there. I, no, it's okay because <laughs> I'm thinking like, because when Hillary lost, I was devastated, but I accepted it. Right. And I think mm-hmm. Democrats, even though like there were people like protesting and saying not my president, I don't think it came from a place of like, I don't trust the outcome. It came from a place of like, you don't represent exactly. me and I exactly. don't want you to represent me. Yeah. Um. So I, I just like want to preface that like as acknowledgement, but like I... So I don't know, like how I I I, I truly believe I would have accepted the outcome had right. it gone the other I way because I know because I did in twenty yeah I would have been devastated but I would have accepted yeah. it right. and I don't I think that is like such a clear indicator for me that people refuse not everyone right but a lot of people are refusing to accept the outcome of this election and I think that's sort of indicative of like where like how Donald Trump has. Um, led his supporters, not all of them, mm-hmm. right? I'm not trying to speak generalizations, but like has a led a lot of people. Yeah. And so, you know, I think that is like su- like such a challenge ahead of us. But I- I'm optimistic and I'm hopeful because like I know, like I know they have like good intentions, um, our yeah. new administration. Right. So I, you know, I don't. And they know the pressure of how important it is to yeah. not go back in the other direction. Yeah. So they're going to try yeah. to move forward as productively as possible. But yeah, I had the same thought. I'm like, if Trump had won, I never would have been like, he stole the election. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he did, but <laughs> it wouldn't have occurred to me. I would have just been like, oh, clearly we didn't make that much progress. Yeah. Yeah. I think that Trump's response is the most Trump <laughs> Trump era response you could imagine because think about it from the beginning of Trump running for president up until now his entire legacy has been discrediting the media and discrediting any facts that do not support his ego and i think that that as Jackie was saying like has is going to have a lasting effect on american culture which is deeply troubling deeply troubling because the times in history when this has happened when a leader has discredited the media and his only favored media that favors him i'm saying him because it's always men of course um it's people like hitler it's people who do evil things and i think it's it's really just twisted people's minds in believing things that are so wrong and it's I I have trouble wrapping my mind around how somebody sits there and thinks any liberal media is fake news, thinks that COVID cases, uh, the data surrounding that is fake news, and thinks that the election outcomes are fake news only because it makes Donald Trump look bad. And it's so Trump-ish, like Trumpian, I don't even know what the word is. For him to sit here and not accept the results of the election, to label it fraud, election fraud, like, because how could he have lost? He's delusional and narcissistic, and I cannot wait until the day he is out of office and I never have to think about him again. (laughs) I am worried, though, he'll rerun in 2024. Don't even. I know I've thought about that That's why I said, like... I don't have the brain capacity. Joe will do a good job to win over some of those people that... Yeah. So even if he runs again, it's just more of a landslide. Right. But I think what also needs to happen is for the Republican Party and Republican lawmakers to continue discrediting um, Trump's claims that 
the election is fraud. Yeah, thanks for all your help have, the past has, four years, though. Now yeah, they're like, I think a, oh, he's so crazy. Yeah. It's been crazy. I think a lot of them have, like, hesitated right now to support him. I haven't seen too many, like, outwardly discrediting him. I've seen a few here and there. But I think it's also up to Republican lawmakers who have the support of conservatives to sit there and say that the facts are the facts regardless of how it makes you look. I know that politicians on both sides of the aisle can sometimes frame the narrative in a way that makes them look better. That's not unusual. But the extreme that Trump has gone to then discredit facts and science and everything else is so damaging to this country. And I think, unfortunately, is having a lasting effect on half of this country. And I don't I don't know how you come back for that. Like, how does Fox News come back from this? And, like, how do they go about um, reporting the news in a way that is not necessarily impartial, but is biased without discrediting the facts? I don't know. I, I think there's a lot of work to be done. Again, I'm hopeful that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris can do that. That's part of the reason why I... Um, voted for them. I think that's part of the reason why the three of us have voted for them. And I think one of the good things about Joe Biden is, at least from what I've seen, he seems to have respect from both sides. And that is really important, I think, for a president in this time. I think Republicans respect him. They might not agree with him, but I think, generally speaking, most of them respect him. Um, obviously, has the respect of the Democratic Party. Whereas if you have Trump, like, I don't even think Democrats respect him. I don't think some Republicans respect him. Ugh, I'm ranting now, so I'm going to stop. <laughs> I, yeah, I I think something, like, it's an interesting point that you make. Um, I, I think, like, in, and I'm not, I'm certainly not excusing, like, the, like, behavior of like Republican lawmakers that like sort of their like blase reaction to like stuff Donald Trump does but I think like they've been living in a political reality where like if they show any sign of disagreement with Donald Trump they are like vi like viscerated um by him mm -hmm. and they're tweeted like Donald Trump will go on Twitter and like tweet in all caps about like his complaints and issues with like you know ex-politician um and I think like the same thing happens with Fox News as well as like he's like called Fox News like Chris like during an interview with Chris Wallace who is a Fox News reporter like and he also moderated one of the debates he said you're fake news and i'm like that's fox news you're calling fox news fake news and just because it's not all praise all the time um at least like just specifically like talking about chris wallace um and i, I i'm hopeful that if like they don't have to live in that reality where like if they don't agree with the president which like certainly republicans won't be agreeing with a democratic president all the time right, right. Um, will be able to, I don't even know, like, but I, I think, like, I hope things will, like, be different because they don't have to live in that reality where, like, if the president gets angry, he's not going to call up Fox News and complain about it live on air and they're going to have to put it on the air because it's the president calling yeah. and Republicans aren't going to have to, like, bow down and submit <laughs> to the whims of Donald Trump because if not then they are they can't get anything done mm -hmm. like I don't you know what I mean I, I think I, yeah I think people were totally like didn't want to lose support from the Republican base like they felt if they went against Trump they might not get reelected or whatever right. it is at the same time, I still feel like maybe this is too idealistic, but I still feel like if more right. Republicans as a unified group took a stand and were like, he's the president, we'll work with him, but we don't agree with what he's doing, that would be that would have been more beneficial the past few years. Instead, a lot of them just stayed silent and followed. Um, but I totally, yeah, I totally agree. Like, they were just beat into submission yeah. yeah it's been so authoritarian honestly and we sit here in this country where everybody is afraid of socialism and that's been the republican rhetoric over the past year or so during the presidential right. campaign that 
whoever the Democratic uh, nominee is, if they were to become president, they would turn America into the socialist society. Oh, God forbid mm-hmm. we have socialism. Um, obviously, I'm saying, like, you know, I don't think any of us want to live in a communist country or anything like that. But to an extent, like, having some things that are socialized is good. There are parts of our country currently, like, public education that is socialized. Regardless, we're sitting here saying like that is the worst case scenario when really, in my opinion, the worst case scenario has been what it has been for the past four years where you have this delusional narcissistic man who acts like a dictator, who acts like an authoritarian. And if anything goes against what he says or what he believes or his ego, he seeks to discredit it. And I am genuinely excited and optimistic for a country where that is no longer tolerated and I have full faith that Joe Biden would never do that. Um, And as we've been saying, I think it will be a relief to move on from this style of leadership because it's been terrible. It really has been. I I sit here and for the past four years, like trying to wrap my head around how people continue to just support this man. Obviously, there's something that we're not seeing because about 70 million people still voted for Trump. Um, And I don't know if that's just because they're more conservative and support more conservative policies or what, but we got to, in some ways, understand this, this other side, find some common ground. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I think people have, I I mean, I certainly think that there are people um, that like, like Donald Trump's policies and are, you know, like conservative through and through. I think um, a lot of people have um, been, like, made to fear Joe Biden, I think, in a lot of ways. And I think that's sort of, like, what has also drawn people. But, I mean, I don't know. I, I really don't know, like, exactly how that, that block of voters is, like, broken up. Um, I don't know. But I, I think that, you know, we have a lot of work ahead of us. Um, mm-hmm. and, you know, and we're just beginning. So, yeah. but hopeful for the next four years i suppose and thanks anderson cooper who obviously listened to last week's episode and decided to take shot at how horrible trump always looks i'm glad he's a fan (laughs) of the pod oh what did he He call him him? an obese turtle which oh yeah very mean it's very mean (laughs) but it will take a while for me to get get over it i'm gonna use obese turtle for a while um but yeah, just call us anytime you want to chat, Anderson. Yep. I'm so glad you're a fan. And Yay. I will say the reporters are they I was like, they must be so exhausted just around the clock for these days and days of counting and updating people who are demanding answers and Yeah. I'm sure Anderson Cooper Oof. has said other horrible things about Trump, but I was like, Oh wow, he must be so done. Like, he's yeah. so over it. Yeah. <laughs> they probably had to sleep in, like, two-hour shifts exactly. because they weren't allowed to leave their desks for the whole week. Yeah. I think that's another thing that maybe we haven't really touched upon too much other than the election outcomes is just how much of an emotional roller coaster this past week has been. Yeah. Um, you know, we obviously live in a society right now where consumers expect everything on demand. We have two-day shipping with Amazon Prime. We expect something similar with our election. And... I think, generally speaking, most elections, maybe the exception of Bush versus Gore, which we were way too young to even really remember, most of them have been called on election night. And so for this to be mm-hmm. dragged out over um, many days and with the stakes being so high was obviously, I think, an emotional roller coaster for both sides. Um, I found myself refreshing the news every hour or so, seeing if there was an update, but In some ways, it was incredible because it feels like um, on election night, things weren't looking so good. And obviously now things have worked in our favor. So a sweet victory, if you will. Yeah. Nerve wracking, but exciting. Yeah. It's kind of crazy, like election night, 
well, election night part one, um, <laughs> Tuesday, Tuesday, I was like on Zoom with some of my friends and we were like, I had ABC on, someone else had a CNN, someone else had NBC, and then I don't know what else. And uh, I really thought, I was like, God, it's over. Like Donald Trump is going to win because like he won Florida and he won Ohio. And I was like, how does he meaning Joe Biden. I was like, how does he possibly, like, he's not, he needs to win. I was like, he needs to win Wisconsin and Michigan and Pennsylvania. And oh my God, like all of these states. And he freaking did it. And I'm very, very happy. But I really thought like night one, I was like, oh my God, this is going to end yeah. so bad. Because Florida was like kind of, it took a while for it to come in, but then he, like Trump won Florida. Yeah. And I was like, this is... yeah. Before we had um, created Um, our group chat with everybody, um, I was sort of having similar conversations with you guys and then with, like, our other friends. And it was funny because the night of, I feel like some of you guys, I think, Jackie, I remember you saying, like, oh, it's over. I was sitting there a little less certain that I was over. I guess to me, like, Florida wasn't a surprise. To me, Florida is a red state. Like, I don't know why this continues to be a swing state, because I feel like it always goes red, at least in our lifetime. Right. Like, who lives in Florida? Really think about it. Other than, like, the Miami area, you got a bunch of, like, old white people in Florida. Yeah. I guess it was just, like, Florida combined with Ohio. Ohio, yeah. And then I I was like, there's no way he's gonna win Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. And Wisconsin and Michigan and this and, the, and it was just like Florida compounded on everything else and I was like oh yeah. my gosh um, and the polls were not looking good because there were not many mail in right. ballots vote being counted yet it was just like a, a yeah. many things I mean Pennsylvania was so far behind I really had no hope for it right. um, but I did remember I had watched this and this has been resurfacing a lot. Bernie Sanders, I think he was on Jimmy Fallon or Jimmy Kimmel, one of the Jimmys. He was on one of their shows and he said this. And I think that that was something that I kept in the back of my mind and was a reason why I didn't lose hope was thinking that um, the mail-in ballots are overwhelmingly going to be for Joe Biden. So you're probably going to end up with a situation on election night that looks um, like it's in favor of Trump. And then once the mail-in ballots are counted, that will ultimately determine who wins. So I think having that um, preface in the back of my mind gave me a little bit more hope. But I also, you know, during this week, I was a little pessimistic because I remembered what happened in 2016. 2020 has been a rough year. It would be the most 2020 thing ever for Trump to win. (laughs) Um, So I really have been um, careful about saying Biden had it in the bag until it was uh, pretty decided. So crazy week, though. Crazy times. Yeah. I've been enjoying watching uh, the guys on, like, NBC News and CNN who do the maps <laughs> running on pure adrenaline oh and no sleep. Who was that one guy who always wears, like, the white button-down and, like, those brown khakis? I don't know. There's, he was, like, they, they like... Oh, the guy that a, was, like, I can't sit or I'll fall asleep. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I enjoyed them. They were funny. Yeah. Oh, God. Next week will definitely be a deserved break, but um, as we know, there will be some drama ensuing because Trump won't accept the results and is suing everybody. Um, in my opinion, he's totally entitled for a uh, recount in some of these states, but of course, his lawsuits, he's just uh, ridiculous. But who's surprised? You obese turtle. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, I think we've kind of exhausted our election reflection for this week. And we'll head into hot takes now. More fun, hopefully. So for our hot takes this week, this is the portion of our episode where we, you know, talk about pop culture, things going on. Um, So it'll be a nice little break from the political chat. So I will turn it over to Kira. Kira, do you have any hot takes for the week? 
Um, it's kind of a hot take. It's not fun. I just thought that, I don't know if any, everyone saw, but Kendall Jenner had her birthday party. I'm not sure when, but some point this week. And I just think it's so ignorant and irresponsible. And I'm getting so fed up with celebrities doing things uh, that are very not COVID safe. And so I just recommend let's just unfollow all these people. Not that that really does anything, but um, like Bella Hadid a few weeks ago went on a vacation for her uh, birthday and Kendall Jenner is having a party with all these people. Like as COVID cases, I think this past week there were 120,000 COVID cases in the United States, which is like a lot of <laughs> cases are going up. And I, I know it's a sad time and we're all getting tired of being safe and, you know, you can ease, you know, maybe like you take a risk once in a while, but to do something that blatantly irresponsible is just so gross to me on, for someone with such a platform. So I didn't follow her already, but just like everybody that was there. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like the Kardashians have been getting a lot of heat lately for this. If you guys saw, um, Kim, celebrated her 40th birthday on an island somewhere I don't know how many people were there but she got a lot of backlash for that claimed everybody was quarantined before and took multiple COVID tests listen even if you're taking a COVID test right before you walk into the party I just again um agree with you Kira it's just irresponsible and ignorant and obviously they have the means to do something like that, whereas not everybody does, like having these rapid COVID tests on site at your birthday party. But yeah. still, it's like, just do something small at home. You're rich anyway. Why do you got to go yeah. have this You could have a nice home? thing at home. Or if you're going to go to an island, like, do you have to so blatantly post about it? Like, it's just so obnoxious. I don't know. Yeah. I guess that's it, the name of their game. It, it's... It's just but Bella um, Hadid too. Like, ugh. I was disturbed by her birthday post a few weeks ago. It just shows like a lack of awareness and a lack of like any kind of reality. They're so yeah, out of touch. Yeah, like, yeah, I would say separation. Yeah, out of touch separation from reality, and just shows like like what a privileged bubble they live in. Because Kendall Jenner's like, I don't care. Look, I know people have COVID, but it's my birthday, right. so I'm gonna throw a party. I'm like, f- like fuck you and your birthday. Like, no one cares. fuck you and literally, your birthday. <laughs> yeah, literally, no one cares. Yeah, uh, I mean, it was my birthday, and guess what? I did a Zoom party. Right, Thanks, exactly. guys. I was like, come yeah. on, everyone's gonna have a COVID birthday. We some people may have two COVID birthdays, depending on Kira. when this whole because Kira's gonna have two COVID birthdays. Kira's a March baby, so she may have two it was COVID right birthdays. At the start. Um, so I mean, literally, like, g- get over yourself. I don't yeah. understand. I'm so annoyed. It's just yeah. like, like I said, I think it's okay to have like a small gathering in your backyard outside. They live in California. Totally could do that. Um, it's like 95 yeah, But it looked yeah. like, like a 100 person party Like COVID isn't happening Yeah just so out of touch With reality Yeah yeah. <sighs> Not here for it Shout out to Christy Teigen and John Legend For like being the absolute Most stay at home people All They're the time They're so cute Oh my god They're the best They always make me hungry They're always They're just only home. at home Like it's great Like eating It's amazing They're great I love them. Um, so love them. They're, those are like the kind of celebrities that I want to see. I want to see the really famous celebrities who are doing nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand because I, I feel like Chrissy Teigen, like she 100% does work out, I uh, assume, because like she's like, but Her I feel like man. she never, I, I get the sense, I she strikes me 100% as being like that person that never exercises, but only eats like grilled cheeses and like casseroles and pasta and cheese and carbs and like looks the same she <laughs> is like, great what the hell and she's always in like a full glam at home <laughs> like in her bathrobe it's always like full makeup hair done but she's in a bathrobe no bra like, i love her <laughs> no they're yeah. great um which is like we need hilarious. more sleds yeah. like them like quarantining at home as a yeah. celebrity 
Please don't complain. It's much better than my quarantine. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. Like, you could spend one day at the if West Wing of had... your house and then another day at the East Wing of your house. And it'll be two completely different experiences. <laughs> yeah. So I don't want to hear it. You're basically just living at a yeah. resort. <laughs> oh, Lordy. Anyways. All right. Well, I think we've exhausted our rants on celebrities for not being COVID safe. Um, so let's move on to another hot take. Jackie. Dare we discuss The Bachelorette this week? <laughs> I think we got it. I think it. we got it. I think we got to give I it some like airtime. Um, I guess I'll start it off. If you've watched The Bachelorette this week, you know what we're going to talk about. But basically, this past week's episode was the episode where Claire got kicked off and we got our girl Tasha in as the new Bachelorette. So I'm so excited for that. But um, I... I think this week for me confirmed that Claire is, I hate to use this word. She's a little crazy. She's a little crazy. Um, and you know what? I feel like Dale was just kind of along for the ride, which maybe is good for her. Maybe somebody like Dale is good for someone like Claire who's a little much. Um, but I was just not expecting a, a proposal. At all. And I don't know why they forced that upon them. Yeah. Well, so they did get engaged. Like, obviously, she accepted. Um, It was a strange episode. It was kind of interesting because they didn't fire Claire in, like, a... In, like, a mean way, they weren't like, Claire, this is over. Your behavior is ridiculous. But Chris Harrison was like, I don't think that we can continue yeah like this really um, because she wasn't yeah. giving everyone a fair chance basically i mean i think it was just so blatantly obvious that she was tunnel vision dale yeah um and it, it it was i felt it was very uncomfortable to watch because i don't know if they've given dale a bad edit or if dale is just a quiet guy and so he's shy on camera and we don't see like his personality but i'm not sure like what specifically is like so astounding about dale that claire's like oh my god this guy um but anyway i mean i guess that's not really the point but i like i'm not it was just like uncomfortable to watch because and and so i guess my point is like he's sort of like a bit weird on camera, a bit quiet for me because he looked to me and I think to a lot of people uncomfortable with having to propose to this woman, having Claire confess her love to him. It was just like he had no emotional reaction to any of it. And it was just so strange. Um, and, and then as like Chris Harrison was like, I think it's time for you to propose Dale. He looked so uncomfortable And it was just strange to watch. Like, it looked like he was not having a good time. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I mean, he, they seemed happy after, like, immediately after he proposed. And they did, like, a little, like, post-interview together. Uh, I don't know. I'm still not. It was odd. It's, he, it's not, so odd to me they got engaged. And I've it not, didn't I have not been watching. It was weird to it watch. Was, I don't understand why they couldn't have just been, like, leave together. Well, because it's The Bachelor. It's weird. <laughs> and they want this. I know, but, like. So weird. I don't think Claire would have been satisfied. That's true, too. Well, I think... With just leaving. I think Chris Harrison, like, planted the seed that the proposal was expected. Um, Mm. Yeah. He was like, we've done... He's like, the next step is proposal. And I'm like, it's been two weeks. (laughs) He's like, you've confessed your love, so now you have to get engaged. It's the way the show works. Um, never say the words I love you on The Bachelor or else you'll have to get married Claire didn't even say I love you she said I'm so she's like I'm so falling in which love with you which is different That is which different. I'm like that's not the same thing as I love you yeah. <laughs> she said I am so falling in love with oh, you yeah. it was embarrassing to yeah. watch I just think like Dale is just kind of one of those like go with the flow kind of guys that's the vibe that I get from him so with Claire being like I'm so in love with you and Chris Harrison saying to him okay now you gotta propose to her he was like all right whatever I'll go along with it but I didn't feel the the passion from him I think at the end of their proposal engagement they kind of do like a little 
uh, like, oh, we're engaged, whatever. And so Claire was saying how she knew from the second he walked out of the limo, like, she felt that he was her Two husband. Two weeks ago. Yeah. And, and Dale was like, yeah, I accepted it. Like, that was his response was, yeah, I, I just went along with it. Um, but, you know, it seems like they're together and they're happy. Um, and maybe she needs someone like Dale. Uh, but, uh, I just was not expecting him to propose the other night. Uh, that was like, that caught me off guard. I thought, (laughs) I mean, what was he? (laughs) No, I was going to say, I had kind of thought that, um, they would leave together and maybe at the end there would be like a double proposal or something with Tasha and her guy and then, um, Claire and Dale or like on after the final rose or something, uh, just totally did not expect that at all but also the other thing was once Chris planted the seed to Claire and said oh well the next step is logically a proposal suddenly that placed the thought in my mind that wouldn't it make great tv if he didn't propose to her (laughs) wouldn't that (laughs) make amazing tv but you'd be like nah I don't want to yeah but that didn't happen they're engaged and they're still together it seems like so you know what good for them good for them um as long as they're happy the show is crazy <laughs> it just gets crazier and crazier it is so i'm very excited for Tasha to take over and i think it'll be exciting because i really don't know how Tasha's season plays out at all i haven't seen any spoilers um so now we can actually get invested in the guys so it'll be exciting hopefully yeah, no, I think it will be. She looked amazing when she came out. Daisha of the limo. She looked so yeah. good. Yeah, true. Yeah. Claire too. Claire, have you seen Claire's body? I'm like that girl looks hot. No, I, I agree. I was just like more irritated with Claire Fair. this season, so I was like, yeah, like. But Tasha, I've never seen like anything with Tasha on it oh, before. Girl. I've never seen any of her like Bachelor in Paradise or Bachelor stuff. Yeah, she's very um, pretty. So she's beautiful. Yeah. She honestly is, like, the ideal candidate for Bachelorette in my mind. Like, she's been divorced. Um, She's a little bit older. I think maybe she's 30. Um, So, you know, a little bit older than, like, your typical 26-year-old Bachelorette, um, which is nice. And she just seems like she's ready for, for marriage in my mind. And she hasn't had a lot of luck with love. So I'm excited for her. I'm excited for the season. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, so I think now is the portion of our program where we're going to be transitioning into our Sheroes and Heroes of the Week. So I will turn it back to Jackie. Jackie, do you have any heroes or Sheroes this week? I do. I have a hero this week. I um, Al Roker revealed this week um, that he has prostate cancer. Um, and I just thought it was really, um, just like a nice thing that he did is sort of revealing it on the show. Um, and just like very brave of him to do. So, I I mean, I obviously wish him a speedy recovery and I I just think it was like, so he's really like turned the situation to be sort of like an educational and learning opportunity because, it he discussed that one in nine men overall will be diagnosed with prostate cancer in their lifetime, and one one in seven African American men will be diagnosed. Um, and I just think that that's way more common than we realize. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's going to begin uh, undergoing surgery at Memorial Sloan Kettering. Um, I think next week in New York uh, to have his whole prostate removed. So I think he's going to be, to a certain extent, documenting that journey. Um, He's obviously going to be taking time off of the Today Show. So just wishing him a speedy recovery, but just also very brave um, and thoughtful of him to to share that as well. Because I think that is... uh, Men's health, I feel like, is not discussed Mm. as enough, and it really should be. Um, I think men generally tend to... I think uh, there. I think there is like statistics on this, but like men seek less primary care, and that's so important. And that's what caught his prostate cancer so early because he had um, elevated. Um, I don't remember what it's called, but there's like a there's something like with your prostate, like certain levels that are elevated in your blood that can be indicative of cancer. Um, and so that's how they caught it, just doing routine blood work. 
Um, so I think it's really important for, for men to get regular checkups and for men to be aware of that. Um, so yeah, that's great. Yeah, I agree. Like, sorry, he's sick, but I agree. That's great that he's sharing his story so other people can learn from it and be inspired Mm -hmm. to go to their yearly checkups. Yeah. Yeah. Like Izzy Stevens on Grey's Anatomy when she gets her blood work done. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And I love what you said, Jackie, about him turning this into an educational moment. I think so often we don't talk about some of these health issues openly. I don't know if we've learned about it in school necessarily. So um, I'm glad that he is, uh, you know, spinning his diagnosis into a moment that could be helpful for other people. So wishing him best of luck because we love Al Roker. Yep. Love him. Anyways, uh, Kira, any sheroes or heroes this week? Yeah, I just wanted to acknowledge that very clearly black women voted for Biden way more than white women. As per usual, Mm -hmm. white women are highly disappointing. Um, So thank you for uh, that energy and working so hard to make sure we get Trump out. We owe you big time. And I know this is kind of a mutual Shiro, but Stacey Abrams in particular, I know Jen, you want to talk about her so I can pass it on to you, but she really has been incredible at making sure uh, everybody in Georgia has the opportunity to vote and have their voice heard. Yeah, definitely. And I think, um, you know, looking at Georgia over the past couple of days, we're seeing that a state that has been historically red over the past couple of years has a seems to be flipping blue. And I think, as Kira mentioned, we have to give a lot of credit to Stacey Abrams. She, over the past couple years after losing her election, feeling like that was uh, due to voter suppression of colored people, um, she took it upon herself to register 800,000 new voters in Georgia in voter-suppressed areas through her Fair Fight initiative. So, um, we just have to give her huge credit for, uh, potentially flipping Georgia. It looks like it's going to be flipped. So shout out to Stacey Abrams. And as Kira mentioned, shout out to black women in particular, because as we know, uh, I think they really are one of the big reasons why Biden is going to be our new president. So I did see something interesting. I can't remember if I saw it on the news last night or some other time, but Um, having somebody who is black on your ticket has uh, led to uh, more successful outcomes in the past decade or something like that. So you're thinking of Barack Obama and now with Joe Biden, um, you're seeing that having uh, someone who's black on your ticket, you know, really motivates other black people to come out and vote for that person. So something to keep in mind. I hope to see that pattern in the future. So. Mm. I feel like there's not enough like that's it's like not enough data but yeah yeah it's like is it just Obama and Kamala Harris like but I but it makes sense to me that like more black people would be inspired to go vote for a black person obviously you want to see yourself reflected yeah they were talking about other things but that was sort of what I had thought of and, you know, it makes me think, I'm like, had Hillary Clinton chose somebody who was black to be her mm. running mate, maybe the outcomes would have been different. What it could have, should have. It is what it is. Um, can't change the past. But we're definitely seeing uh, black people, especially people of color, especially coming out in record numbers um, during this time, which is amazing to see. So shout out to Stacey Abrams. Mm-hmm. Totally. She's beautiful too. There was like a photo of Vogue. Not that that matters. It doesn't matter at all. But there was just a beautiful photo that Vogue posted of her that I was like, wow, what a queen. Yeah. I'm glad that she's also getting the credit that she deserves. Yeah. yeah. Um, so. It really doesn't matter how she looks. Sorry. No, it's okay. It. It's okay. <laughs> just felt like she was glowing. Yes, girl. We love a glowing Shiro. <laughs> um. I also just wanted to give a huge shout out to all the poll workers, ballot counters, mm. news anchors, etc. Yes. Um, yes, yes, yes. As we were mentioning earlier, they've just been working around the clock this week to get these election results out as quickly as possible. 
Um, definitely a lack of sleep for all those people involved. Just want to send a lot of love their way because obviously, you know, the election results wouldn't be out if it wasn't for them. So right. sorry we're mm-hmm. impatient, but stakes were high. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. Merci beaucoup. Um, before we wrap up, does anybody have any retakes from last week? And not here. I'm good. Yay. I don't even think I really listened last week. (laughs) We just had a perfect episode last week, so that's why there's no retakes. (laughs) Well, thanks again, everybody, for listening to this week's episode of Her Take. Uh, Catch us next week. And if you feel so inclined, give us a follow or reach out to us at our Instagram at Her Take Podcast or at our Twitter at Her Take Pod. Um, We thank you guys, as always, for your support, and we'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening. Stay home, stay safe. Ciao. Bye, everyone.